spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you for this word, this seed that come, will come forth boldly in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that your anointing has already destroyed every yoke of bondage. I thank you, Father God, that everything is going to operate correctly. And this word, this seed will fall on good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And everyone said, Amen. How many want change in your life? And there's some areas you know that, that aren't happening the way you desire them to take place. I'm going to teach this morning on four types of anger. And I think once you hear it, you'll have an understanding of, of what's gone on in the past. And you'll be able to understand family curses, how, what happens, and be able to deal with it this morning. And then we'll have communion. I didn't even realize we were having communion this morning. And get rid of some things once and for all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you a little story. It was told in the late 1800s. I needed to read some of this. And it was Alfred Lloyd Tennyson invited a Russian nobleman to his estate. And early one morning, this nobleman took off with the dogs and guns and servants to go hunting. At midday, <laughs> he returned and he, shot, he said, I shot two peasants. They were insolent towards me so I shot them now <laughs> we smile in disbelief at a story like that well let me go I missed it um, he said Lord Tennyson thought for a moment and he said no we pronounce it with a ph here it's pheasants you shot two pheasants no the nobleman replied I shot two peasants they were insolent towards me, so I shot them. I'm about as bad at this morning as pastor telling jokes. Now we smile in disbelief over this, but let's think about what's going on in our nation. Amen. I want to give you another thing here. Um, but last year, a driver in Philadelphia shot another driver on, this, on the highway. There was a construction blockage on the road, narrowing traffic down to only one lane creating long backups as cars from each direction turned. Think about this. This is really pitiful. Took turns getting past the blockage. Well, this driver patiently waited his turn. But just as he was about to get past the blockage, a car came up fast on the shoulder, we had that happen to us the other day, the pastor didn't do this, passing all the waiting cars and, and crowded just in front of him. Then after doing that, the driver turned around with a smirk on his face and made it um, an obscene gesture. Well, that infuriated the first driver, so when a traffic, when the traffic call came and stopped, this man took his gun and he, pointed it at the man and killed him. We see these things happening all the time and it's unfortunate, but we see road rage all the time out there. I've had, I've been flipped off by many people in the last 
even an old lady one day, I was with another pastor's wife, and I said, I can't believe it. And so there is so much anger that's going on in the world right now that we're seeing many people that are losing their, their temper easily. Stories like this have popped up over, all over the country. So I'm going to go ahead and read these things in the Bible, and we're going to check these out. We have four different types of anger, and I want to keep my notes, too, and this is not... Um, First of all, there's sudden anger. And I want you to take notes on this so you'll have an understanding what takes place. And what happens, and some of these things are family curses and they need to be dealt with. They need to be dealt with immediately. Just pray over my computer right now because Satan, get your hand off it now in the name of Jesus. There's sudden anger. The sudden anger is to be controlled. Second, there is sinful anger. The Bible says that sin, sinful anger is to be condemned. Thirdly, there's stubborn anger. Stubborn anger is to be conquered. Finally, there is sanctified anger, and sanctified anger is to be channeled. Sudden anger is to be controlled. Proverbs 14, 17, and let's turn there, if you would. From men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men in the world who have their... Wait a minute. Hang on. What did I say? 14. I'm sorry. I ended up in 17. What did I say? 14. 17. Honey, I'd ask you to take this out of this, but it would probably be a bigger mess. Okay, 1417. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. It says in 1417 in the Amplified, He who foams up quickly and flies into a passion deals foolishly, and a man of wicked plots and plans is hated. That's pretty heavy, isn't it, when you think about that? We already knew that because we've experienced that in our own lives. We may blame our temper on our nationality. Or I've heard people say, redheads say, I have red hair, that's why I'm angry. We can blame it on, you know, someone else. Someone else made me angry. But when it comes right down to it, we're the one in charge, amen? So, let's look at this a little bit. How many have ever heard people say, I'm Irish and I get angry easily? But the bottom line is, if we have a short fuse, we're going to do a lot of foolish things. We lose our temper, we say things 
We know we shouldn't have said and do things that we're going to be sorry for. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirreth up strife, but he who is slow to anger appeases contention. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger appeases contention. This simply means that if you have a short fuse, if you're always losing your temper, if you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder and looking for someone to say something that will irritate you, you're just waiting. There are people that are just waiting for someone to irritate them. So they have an excuse to become angry. What does it say again about this, this person? This is heavy when you think about this. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. And we know that the Bible says where there's strife, there is every evil work. And I've shared before how God showed me one day when I was doing the dishes, when I was a, a good old housewife, you're to stay out of strife and you're to keep strife out of the house. You know, a woman that has the privilege of staying at home and taking care of her children is the guard of that home. She's to, she's to guard that home. You know, women, women actually, and I hate to say this, you see little signs that say, if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. That's pitiful, but it's the truth. You know, so many times I've heard, I've heard men come to me and say, I don't know what to do because I just can't make her happy. And so, that's a, that's a terrible thing to say about women, so what can I say? So, you're going to leave a trail of hurt feelings and unhappiness behind you. This is a quote from Will Rogers, and I find it very interesting. Will Rogers said, Whenever you fly into rage, you seldom make a safe landing. Whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. You know, people can be very nice outside, but their cruelty is shown and their anger is shown in the house they live in. You know, how many have ever walked into a house and you can feel that there has been strife in that home? Amen. Chuck Swindoll said, I got so angry that I gave him a piece of my mind. That wasn't a piece he could afford to give away. Amen. Proverbs 18:13 says, "He who answers a matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him." It says in the King James, He that answers the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. A lot of people answer or give an opinion before they even hear the whole story. You know, it's very easy when, you're, when someone is angry at someone to only hear one side of the story, but we need to hear both sides. You know, children that, will, that I've counseled will share, you know, I've heard the parents' side, 
none of you people here. I want you know. I've heard the parents' side, one parent's side, and then I hear another parent's side. But I'll tell you what: children will tell the truth. They will tell you the truth. Amen. So he who answers before listening. That is his folly and his shame. He is talking about jumping to conclusions. We hear just a little bit of what is said and we instantly jump to a conclusion. And oftentimes it is the wrong conclusion. How many have ever done that? It's easy to. If you have a friend that's hurting and, and they'll tell you what's going on, friend or a relative and they tell you what's going on, of course you're going to want to believe their story. But there's always another side to that story okay so always you know I've always there's always two sides to the story and two sides to the situation okay sometimes we jump to conclusions and Solomon says that that's to our folly and to our shame Proverbs 19 19 A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. Verse 19. A man of great wrath shall suffer the penalty. For if you deliver him from the consequences, he will feel free to cause you to do it again. He will feel free, free to cause you to do it again. That's heavy. So if people have great wrath, they suffer a penalty. A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. There are penny, very, there's penalties to play. Excuse me a second. Page turning. There are penalties to pay. We're being told that almost every day, doctors tell us that losing our temper consistently brings about high blood pressure, dryness of mouth, a fast beating heart, and it can bring premature death. The Bible says, stay away from an angry man. How many know that? You're not to have fellowship with an angry man. We're actually to stay away from them. Why? Because it'll rub off on us. How many know that? A hot timber can almost mean loss of family and friends. The penalties of losing our temper are many. Some of us might have been raised in a family where there was much temper, much anger going on and flare-ups of temper all the time. And so we became accustomed to that. And it is actually, truly, at times it, it's a spirit. And what happens, you can become immune to it because it goes on so much that it's just normal living. Unfortunately, that is not a normal way to live. Amen. Amen. So, that a, so the Bible says if you have a sudden temper, then you need to control it. You need to control it. 
But how can we do that? Many people I've heard say, I just can't control my temper. I just don't have control over it. It gets away from me. But you can. Have you ever found yourself engaged in a heated argument? Well, we all have. Come on. Amen? And all of a sudden, the voice gets louder and louder. And it becomes more rapid. This, then the telephone rings. And you say, hello, like nothing's wrong. Or you answer the door and you're pleasant. You know, the sad thing is the ones that, that were most, that bear the burden of our temper and our rage are, the, are those that we love the most so many times. And so we need to control it. We need to recognize that we have a problem with temper. And we need to deal with it. We need to see that as long as we deny it and blame it on heritage or our heritage or short fuse or whatever we choose to blame it on, we'll never improve. As long as we keep shoving the blame on somebody else, we're not going to be able to improve. We have to look in ourselves and say, it's me, oh God, I need help, amen? I've heard every excuse in the book for tempers. Then we must confess our problem to God and ask for his help. Lord, help, I'm beginning to lose my temper. Do it as soon as it starts. Not after you're into full-blown rage. You need to start, as soon as it starts, grab a hold of yourself and confess it to God. Thank you, Jesus. We've all done it many times. We realize that this is something that in some people, in some lives, it just comes naturally. And that is not part of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Long-suffering, self-control. Amen? And nobody's saying anything. Get excited. This will set you free this morning. You might not like it. Um, Go to God and say, please, God, help me. Help me to see what's causing it and why this continues to take place in my life. You know, it's easy to put the blame on someone else, but when it comes right down to it, we've got to take the blame for ourselves. If someone can get us so upset that we, that we lose our temper, then we need to deal with it. Praise you, Jesus. There's a few notes in this that I, that I want to get out of here, so... Okay, here we go. Two, sinful anger. So let's look at this one. 
is to be controlled. Let's look at Matthew 5, 21. Thank you, Jesus. The second type of anger is discussed in Scripture is this sin sinful anger. Not all anger is sinful. We're going to find out about that in a minute. But some anger... Hang on here. Hang on. Just pray, Terry, like I told you to. Let's turn to Proverbs 15, 18. Some of the comments that I wrote down I really wanted to share, and I was, yeah, I was doing this at in the middle of the night. First, let's go to Matthew 5, 21, because we're there. How many have ever gotten so angry that you've seen red? I hate to say that, but that was part of my early, early life before I knew Jesus. Proverbs, or Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it is said of man and old, you shall not kill. And whoever kills shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. Um, in Matthew 5.21, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder, but anyone who murders... shall kill, shall be in danger of the judgment. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shall not kill, and whoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Whoever kills shall be liable to make and unable to escape the punishment. Now your brother can be family or church, Hang on a minute. Sorry about this. I don't do well doing sermons at 3 in the morning. This passage tells us something about the anger that should help us realize when our anger is sinful and when it is not. Notice that the first thing that takes place here, anyone who is angry with his brother, and now it's a brother or sister, but I tell you that anyone who is angry, hang on a second. 22, but I tell you, thou whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. I'm going to read 22 out of the Amplified. But I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice, enmity of heart against him, 
shall be liable to unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court and whoever speaks contemptuously and insulting to his brother shall be liable to an and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the Sanhedrin and whoever says you're cursed you're you cursed fool you empty-headed idiot shall be liable and unable this is heavy when you look at this liable and unable to escape the hell Gehenna of fire so heavy now that passage tells us something about that shall help us with our anger and sinful when it is not notice first of all it says anyone who is angry with his brother now if your brother or sister is someone it indicates that you are a member of the same family whether a domestic family or the family of God if we're brothers and sisters we ought to be lifting each other up supporting and helping each other we should not spend our time being angry with one another the King James version speaks about angry at your brother let's look at it again verse 22 but I say thou that whoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of judgment I mean that's pretty comes out you can't deny it that is that you are focusing your anger on a person we should never focus anger on people ever never but he was angry at their sins so look beyond the person we must love the person but hate the sin you know America is a mess right now because of the Christians and how they are have anger against different types of people those that are in politics it's not worth me going to hell to get angry at someone I don't know about you but it's not worth it to me so we need to walk in forgiveness. Let's look at Romans 12:19. Am I having problems getting this to you? Yes, the enemy does not want this because he wants us completely freed of this. What we do in the hour that we're living in right now, what we prepare ourselves, what we get rid of and what we prepare ourselves in will actually be life or death to some people. Amen. How many realize that? And we need to understand that. So in 12:19, Paul says, "Do not take revenge, my friend, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine." To avenge I will replay I will repay says the Lord so the third test of anger is this we need to understand it if it is anger that seeks revenge or is it anger that seeks revenge are we always trying to get even the Bible teaches that God is the one 
that will bring revenge, not us. How many have ever known a person that is revengeful? This is the third type of anger and it seeks revenge. In John 5, 4 through 7, and let's turn there, Jesus asks this question. You know, some people just blab off at their mouths and they don't really care what they're saying or what they're talking about. But it causes many to be afflicted. John 5, 4-7. God help us. I'm going to read it out of the King James. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. John 5, verse 4. And troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in and was made whole, and whosoever disease, of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto them, Wilt thou be made whole? You know, many times you have to ask a person, or even ask yourself, do I want to be free from this? Is it worth hanging on to? On this third type of anger, it is anger that revenge seeks. Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? There are people who love being angry. Inside there is a boiling mass of anger ready to come out. You know, pastor talks about the loaders and the compactors. Well, a loader is usually one that can load it, but they get quick, fast, and get over it. But a compactor is one that keeps it within inside of them and lets it boil and simmer for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden, it just blows out of there. A lot of people enjoy being sick. A lot of people enjoy being angry. They've been angry for years, and there's this mass of anger that's inside of them. How many have ever known someone like this? It just is constant. And the angrier they get, and the more they allow this to happen, the more they cherish it, it becomes a sinful anger. And many are defiled by it unfortunately. I'm not in a rush to get this passed because I believe today many are going to get set free. Set free of situations that maybe you were had to deal with in childhood. Set free of things that maybe were said to you that you couldn't understand. But now God's saying, I want this is the time I want to deal with it. Hallelujah. So let's move on. Also, anger with an unforgiving spirit. 
The secret of getting rid of anger is to forgive. If you can release it, then that sinful nature from it will literally leave you. If you can let go of it, it has to leave. If you decide you want to hang on to it, you will stay in bondage to it or a person will stay in bondage to it and they, they will become worse and worse as I'm going to prove here. Praise you, Father. Five tests to tell if our anger is sinful anger. Number one, is it anger directed towards a person? Two, is it anger without adjustable cause? Number one, is it anger directed towards a person? Two, anger without adjustable cause. Anger that seeks revenge. Have you ever known someone that they just want to seek revenge? They've been angry for years. This is definitely sinful anger. It is vengeful. Number three, or number four, is it anger that is cherished? I cherish this anger. I want to keep it. So we've got anger directed towards a person, anger without justifiable cause, anger that seeks revenge. Is it anger that is cherished? Is it anger, number five, that has an unforgiving spirit? Any answers to yes, then it is, a sin, it is sinful and you need to repent and turn away from it. Totally turn away from it. Let God forgive us so we can be forgiven. You know where it talks about in Mark, if you have unforgiveness towards someone, you, you bring your gift to the altar, you have to forgive them so you will be forgiven. Now we're going to get into stubborn anger. Number five, anger that has an unforgiving spirit. They ref in other words, they refuse to forgive. That person did this to me, and I'm going to hold it against. I, I can't, I'm not going to let go of it. I can't let go of it. I've had people that come for healing that need deliverance, and this anger thing is so big in them. And you talk to them about it, and it's, I just can't. I just can't forgive what that person did to me. And I've wanted to sit there and cry literally cry because I see what it's doing to them and I see what it's doing to their family. Number three is stubborn anger. Anger that stays day after day. That's in Ephesians 4.26. I, I could not, you know, we, we think about this and we can't imagine anybody living like this, but there are people that do. There are couples that will stay married and, and just hate one another. 
the bitterness just wells up. I've had people tell me the first thing that their mate said to them that caused them to be angry and they'd been married for 40 years. I mean, that is a long, long time to remember an incident. A long time. Or they start, ta start talking and they've got all these incidents that, they have, that, that has happened to them. That is stubborn anger. We need to get rid of it. Amen? And you, the sad thing is, if it's, if it's a person's mate or if it's their child, some people are angry at their children. They're so angry at their children that they hang on to this thing for years and years and years and allow it to build up. One incident that a child did years ago and they can, can keep bringing it up. And it just builds on it. It's like an onion. Have you ever peeled an onion? You have to peel skin after skin after skin. Okay. So Ephesians 4.26. When angry, do not sin. And do not ever let your wrath go your ex exasperation, your fury, or indignation last and still until the sun goes down. Then it, goes, says, then it says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. I'll read it out of the, Amplif or the King James in verse 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Well, this kind of anger, something happens. One day you come home with a chip on your shoulder. Something happened, you're angry. Something bugged you. Waiting for someone to disturb you. You know, I've, I've talked to women or even men that have had to quiet down the kids and tell the kids, you need to behave so you don't make dad mad. Or you need to behave so mama doesn't get mad. What a thing to have to tell children. And what do you think they live, they, they deal with growing up? A fear of that person. Some of you might have been in homes like that. Many people that are, have lived in alcoholic homes live like this. Parent has to go and settle down the whole household so the person that's coming home can be satisfied. Everybody has, everybody has to change for this person, the elephant in the room, but nobody will deal with it. Okay? So they're just waiting for someone to disturb them. Heated words exchange. And this is where the person or yourself determines to get their way. The sun goes down. They have not repented. They go to bed. They go to their sides of the bed. You know, if you have a um, full-size bed, it's pretty tight in there. But you get, you, know, you get as far away and turn your head to the other wall as you can from the other person and get up in the morning and don't speak to each other or 
sooner or later, if this continues on, someone moves to another bedroom. Think about this. Some people use other excuses when they move to another bedroom. You snore too much or whatever, but there's this deep-seated anger down there, okay? Not everybody that moves to another bedroom, it's because of strife, okay? Some people have to move because of illnesses or whatever, okay? But it continues on. At this point, you open yourself up to the door of the devil and you welcome him in and at that point it becomes a spirit okay it's sad it becomes a demonic harassing spirit and by the time it comes to that the person easily breaks out into rages and they're not easy to live with. And many people have had to live in homes like this. And so we realize that this stubborn anchor needs to be conquered. And we can conquer it. It's harder. When it gets to this point, it's much harder to conquer. Most people at this point get a divorce. Most people, before it ever comes to this point, they get a divorce instead of sitting down and trying to deal with it. Then we see in verse 31, Paul says, well, let's go on. Let's go down. I'm just going to go to the Amplified right now. And we're going to do 26 and move down to 31. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Let the thief steal no more, but let him rather be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands so you may be able to give to those in need. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others and is fitting to the need and the occasion so that they may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. When a person gets to the point where this anger has gotten to the point where they're looking at other walls, they're not talking, they've let the sun go down and it goes on and on and on, then foul unpleasant words start to come forth. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not offend, vex, or sadden him whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own secure for the day of redemption or final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. He's saying this has to be banished from us. We need to remove it from us, no matter what. 
what happens when this goes on all of a sudden the husband comes home and starts in with little things I talked about the chip off your shoulder this house looks like a pigsty why don't you do this or why don't you do this or the wife starts nagging and saying things and, and it just boils up into a mess and so Paul says this becomes malice malice means that you really desire to harm once it comes to this once that spirit comes into a person then they desire to bring harm heavy this is why we hear of people shooting at their wives or turning and then turning the gun on themselves because this has turned into malice because the ultimate end of stubborn anger is malice and I'll let you guys look up that word for yourself okay I'm trying to take this slowly so we can get it so it's something that none of us ever want part of in our lives amen okay so we see that he says don't let 31 bitterness wrath anger clamor evil speaking we need to have it put away from us with all malice and 32 says and be ye kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you we need to realize that Jesus you know when you think about this Jesus was tempted in every one of these things you think about this and you go Lord Jesus thank you so much God he is so good to us okay and then we look at anger is rage being expressed when this happens when this comes in when this wrath comes in and, and it begins to ruin a person's life and this rage is expressed people begin to hit the wall kick the cat say unkind things then it becomes brawling which means shouting loudly and slander and insults Paul says the end of all this is malice malice means you desire to harm kill to destroy because the ultimate end of stubborn anger is malice it just starts out being stubborn it starts out being I have feeling I have a right to this because of what someone did to me but it ends up malice the way to get rid of malice is in Ephesians 426 and verse 32 which we just read become useful and helpful and kind to one another tender-hearted compassionate understanding loving-hearted forgiving one another readily and freely you notice he says readily and freely in other words immediately 
some people get so into this that this spirit needs to be cast out. Anger must be condemned. Sinful anger must be condemned. I'm going to give you four different types of, of anger. A sudden anger must be controlled. Sinful anger, number two, must be condemned. Number three, stubborn anger must be conquered. Sanctified anger, this is the fourth type in Mark 3, 1 through 5. Some of you might not have been the giver of the last type of anger, but you might have received it. And what, that's, what has happened when you've been on the receiving end of someone that has malice and, and this type of anger, your heart becomes hurt. You become hurt. And it's, it's, it's almost like a person feels like they're drowning. Many people, when they're in that state, just want to die. It's a horrible place for a person to be in. Okay, so Mark 3, 1 through 5. They want to give up. And, I, and, and this is the sad thing. When a person gets to that place, it opens the door for many sicknesses and diseases to come in on a person. And this is why we have, not only do we need to guard ourselves about becoming the angry one, but we need to guard ourselves about becoming the receiver of that anger. You know, at that point, then we have a choice to receive all the, the wrath and the junk that comes along with it. So we need to learn how to put a wall up and not allow ourselves to become a receiver of it and have all the circumstances that come along with it, okay? Y'all understand where I'm coming from on this? There needs to be changes. You know, people in the law enforcement work see these things happen all the time. They get called out on calls, and these things are going on all the time. Mark chapter 3, 1 through 5. I know this is probably not your favorite sermon you've ever heard, but trust me, it will help you to get from this day forth through some situations, and it'll reveal to you, if you allow the Holy Spirit, maybe you're in one of these areas, and God wants to set you free this morning. And I truly believe whether whatever situation, if you're in any of these, when pastor anoints you with oil and lays hands upon you, if you're ready to receive whichever end of this, you will be set free. That is my prayer when God gave me this last night. Mark 3, 1 through 5 again. And, a G and again, Jesus went into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. 
And they watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith to them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he looked round about on them, With anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, whole as the other. Jesus was tempted in all points and never sinned. There is an anger, and it's a channeled anger, anger that has the right focus, holy anger. So Jesus looked at them, and it says here, is it lawful in verse 4 to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to have life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and his hand was restored, whole as the other. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, verse 5. And he glanced around at them with vexation and anger, grieved at the hardening of their hearts, and said to the man, Hold out thy hand. He held it out, and his hand was completely restored. So... He glanced around at them with, back, with anger, grieved at the hardening of their hearts. This is called righteous indignation anger, okay? What is this? This is when, and I'm going to share this. This is an anger. When we have a holy anger, when we see children that are being molested, when we see um, abortion clinics that continue to go on and, and babies that die, you know, a lion, people are all upset right now over the death of a lion when they kill babies every day. This is an anger when we see people that are have been murdered or that are murderers or we see people that are in bondage to drugs and alcohol. This is when we become angry not at the person but the devil for causing this to take place. And this is where we really have to guard our hearts because you can go from a righteous indignation or a righteous anger and go over, step over the line and allow this problem to become your problem. It's just like what's going on in our government today. It is sinful. We do not like it. We ha you can have righteous indignation, but do not go over the line and become angry at the person instead of the devil that's causing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or the demons that are causing it in the person. We see that people are going to hell because of these things that they've opened themselves up to. 
And that causes anger in us to know that the enemy has kept someone in bondage. We see children that carry on, that are, their lives are disturbed because of things that took place when they were babies. And the child's actions now, they're acting out what had happened to them. And so we feel this anger, but many times instead of feeling anger towards the situation, we feel anger towards the person, okay? This is where we have to be careful that we do not allow ourselves to step over the line from righteous indignation, anger, into the other types of anger that we've read about. God wants to give each one of us, we've seen four types of anger, and God wants us free and walking in victory. Don't allow the enemy to get a foothold in your life. These are areas you might, you might look back on and say, wow, you know, I knew someone that was like that. Maybe one of your parents were like that. If, if you had a parent that was an alcoholic, trust me, there were areas in their lives that caused this. Okay, the alcoholism caused it. But as a child, they're too young to understand. They're angry about it. And they're, to, they're too young to understand that this is the devil that is tearing up this child, this person's life. And so they grab hold of that anger and it turns into one of these other three. We had sudden anger. We had sinful anger. We had stubborn anger. And then sanctified anger. And this anger is to be channeled, the sanctified anger, in the proper direction at the sin, not at the sinner. Does that make any sense? Now I'm going to pray. Like I said, I had a whole other sermon I, I studied on yesterday and it just, it just was like, what? no, this isn't it. And then, what time was it, honey? One o'clock when God gave me this. I thought, God, why? What is going on here? I said, I want you to teach on this tomorrow. I want you to share it. I want the people to be free of any, any type, any portion of anger that might be holding them down. You know, a lot of, lot of kids are, grow up as adults and they used to have this anger and they can't understand why and it's toward their parents. God wants you free from it. Husbands and wives can have, have this, have an anger towards one another that they've held on to, just a little tiny thing that, that just swells into some huge thing. Today's the day for the freedom. Today's the day to be set free from any of it. Some people live in homes where there's so much anger. Don't get involved in it, amen? Be free. The Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So, Father, right now, I'm just going to pray a prayer for all of us. Just pray it after me. If, if 
I'd like for all of us to pray it. I don't have it written down. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead. Because I believe in the communion. I believe in the communion table. I believe in the blood. We've overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. His body was broken for us. It was bruised for our iniquities. He was, the chastisement of peace was upon him. I'm going to turn before I pray to Isaiah, and let's look at this. Today is the day that I totally believe people are going to be set free from things. You might say, well, I don't even know if I have anything. If you do, you'll get set free from it. Amen. Amen. You'll start, stop looking at someone's faults, but get angry at the devil instead of at them. Amen. It's easy to look at a person's faults. We all have them. Our personalities are all different. Some of us are blunt. Some of us are quiet, you know. Some are overweight. Some are underweight. Some are too tall, too short. What, you know what I'm trying to say? Everybody's different. But everybody right now is, is preparing, that knows Jesus, is, prepare, is, is wanting to get rid of anything that's holding them back. And this is the hour for that. So let's look at what happened. What did Jesus do? It says, for, for surely in verse 4 of chapter Isaiah 53, surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. He carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned to everyone his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. Laurel, if you or somebody can hand me that big piece of bread, whoever's near it and it doesn't have stuff in your hands, I'd like us to look at it for a minute. They used unleavened bread, and Pastor, you need to really do the um, the Seder, Seder one time. If you look at this bread that they used, they used it back. This was the unleavened bread they baked. And you look at it and you see the bruises. So this is the better side. You see the bruises and when you look through it, you see the, the stripes. This represented Jesus. They didn't know what it was for, but it represented Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah, and when they broke the bread, they hid one part of it, and the kids had to go find it, and Pastor can teach much better on this. But as you take communion today, you look at this. We take the cup, and we know that Jesus bore his blood was shed for our sins. We look at this, this bread, which represents his body, and we see the bruises and the stripes on it, if those in the back can want to see it. I always look at it, and what I always do, I try to get a piece that has a bruise on it. It looks like a bruise. And I always break that, 
come. I just broke it all right. I always put my finger through that bruise, and I remember he was bruised for me. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. They pounded those, those thorns into his head. When I think about that, I think about my peace. That, that represented us receiving peace, his peace. He took it for us. So he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Thank God. We have turned everyone his own way, but the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. When we go to the communion table today, after we pray, get this junk off of us, out of us, wherever it is, any anger, any remains of it, anything that happened as a child, God wants you set free. Anything that could have happened in a marriage, a past marriage, whatever, God wants all that stuff totally removed today. Totally, totally removed. Yes, we can operate in anger, the righteous indignation, but he wants us to be able to look at the sin, not the sinner, and pray and realize that this is the enemy that is taking control of their lives. Not them, but the enemy, so we can pray correctly for them to be delivered and set free. Amen? So let's go ahead and I'll pray this prayer if you, if you desire to and you mean it. Say, well, may, maybe I've prayed it before. That's good. Pray it again. Let's, and then write it down. When you, after you pray it, write it down in your Bible. Today at 12, 10, what is it, the 8th or 9th? August, what is it, 8th or 9th? I'm not sure. 9th. I totally received healing from anger. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I've, seen I have seen four types of anger this morning. And in areas of my life, I either participated in it or I was victimized by it. From this day forth, I hand this over to you and my rights, uh, rights to it, I give it to you. I no longer desire to have any of this anger in my life. I desire to be like you, Jesus. And I know this day, as I ask forgiveness, for harboring any anger in any way that you forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I call it done by faith in Jesus' name right now, this day. Amen. If the communion helpers can come up, Christine, if you'll come up, It's time.
We need to get prepared with deception running rampant throughout the world and the Jewish people coming back to their roots, looking for the Messiah. We need to be ready ourselves. And with the word this morning, I know it spoke to me. Uh, there are areas in all of our lives, I think, that uh, we need to, shall we say, clean up. And uh, just thank the Lord that it's a message that cleans up, amen, and that we're able to follow through on it. As we partake in the communion this morning, Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as ye off. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as off as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he comes. Well, there's been accounts of people that have passed on or that have ready, were ready to go, and they had visions of heaven, saying that the tables were set, the ribbons and banners were all set, they were, the angels were setting them up. Just the guest list had to be completed, and then there'd be the call-up. Well, I think the call-up is just about here. Um, like I said, as the Jewish people have, have, are coming back uh, to their roots, there are 144,000 young men that are preparing for their anointing during the seven years. So they're alive right now, just as the Antichrist is. But the good thing is we can avoid going through that seven years of tribulation because we are the born again. So Father, as we look to the bread, we thank you, Lord, that what Jesus suffered in his body brings healing and clearliness, Father God, clarity of mind. So, Father, we receive this symbol, Father God, of what Jesus did on the cross for us. In Jesus' name.
the cup that you hold represents the blood. Jesus said, this is the New Testament. New promise. And the promise is that as we come receive him as Lord and Savior, we are cleansed by his blood. Made to be a joint heir with him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No longer to be under the power of sin and Satan. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for the blood which cleanses from all sin as we receive it in Jesus' name. Well, the sun is out both ways. So let's all stand. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for this great day that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, that we've been set free, Father God, from that which was spoken, Father God, as we release, Father God, the burden, Father God, of anger, Father God, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we can walk in, Father God, the promises, Father God, that that one anger, the fourth anger, Father God, of sanctification, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can walk in it, Father God, in a greater way, Father. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with it. And Father God, as we go our separate ways, I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us. And as we go, Father God, we can share the good news, Father God, with those that do not know. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.